welcome to Shelters by Jesus podcast. My name is Morgana and I'm here with my father Seth and Al. <laughs> yes. And today we're going to be talking about one of the last fruits of the spirits today, um, self-control. If you want to listen to the other fruits of the spirits, we have those in our archives that you can look up. Thank you for tuning in. Well, how about that, Al? Hello, hello. You must be <laughs> one proud papa. I am. I am. Good my, job, Morgana. Yeah. I am very blessed in that my daughters and my daughter's husband and my grandchildren all love the Lord. And so God has blessed me for that. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I got to share a story. Laurel was visiting our grandkids down in Maryland, and if she said she was tucking them in, and that was, you know, putting them to bed, and they have bunk beds. And uh, the girls, there's four of them in that room. Anyway, they said, Meme, Meme, we want to sing you a song. And she's like, okay. And they sang, Be Thou My Vision. Mm. And, he, and Laurel said they sounded like angels singing. When she said that, I just melted. I was like, it was so beautiful just to even hear that they sang that. What a beautiful song too. But thank you again, Morgana. Yeah, that is a beautiful song. One of my favorite hymns. As a matter of fact, on the pitch video we made to uh, make the motion picture for Shelters by Jesus, we had one of the local churches sing that song as part of the soundtrack on that. Yeah, and it came out beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. But we're we're talking about a tough subject kind of uh, a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if we're all honest with ourselves, all of us, This is a hard thing to accomplish and to learn and to maintain, and that is self-control. But is it possible? You know, I believe this. All things are possible through Christ who gives me strength. Yes. And God would not tell us to do something that was impossible for us to do. Now, it's, I think, impossible for us to maintain 100% because we still deal with a sin nature, a a cursed body. But we have the capacity to exercise self-control, absolutely. And we're talking about the fruit package found in Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control against such there is no law. So we're on self-control now. We are. And uh, yes. We're near the end of the list. Here's something I want to encourage people with. Now, self-control comes in many different ways. Like it always involves denying yourself, however, but self-control could be not bursting out in anger when you feel you want to. Self-control can be not buying that thing by impulse that you want to buy. There's all kinds of ways of eating the icing off the top of a donut. (laughs) Morgana. Wait. Hey. I've only done that once. Uh But yeah, self-control always involves denying yourself. But what I want to encourage people with is I just thank the Lord that the men he chose to be apostles in the word were human Mm -hmm. with frailties and problems. And it encourages me, Al, to know that if God can love them, work with them, use them, he can do the same with me. If we can look real quick in Romans chapter 7, starting in verse 18, I love what Paul says here. He says, I will start in verse 17. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. In verse 18, for I know that the good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. 
For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Mm. 19 says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. We can relate to that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was like, like, why am I not doing the things that I'm supposed to do? And why am I doing... Yeah. And why am I not doing the things I'm supposed to do? And why am I doing the things... I shouldn't yeah, be that doing. Yeah, I shouldn't be doing. It's just like, oh, well, wretched man that I am. Who will save me from this? Right. Well, there's evidence of that spiritual warfare. He knows that he's saved. He knows that he's died to sin with Christ. He knows that he has the Holy Spirit living in him. And yet he continues to do the things that he knows he ought not to be doing. But he acknowledges that struggle. Paul always said, run the race, fight mm-hmm. the good fight. He knows the struggle. He acknowledges the struggle. Even here we see that even Paul, the great Paul, writer of much of the New Testament, struggled with self-control. He did say that right after that. I love the verse, Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now. Mm. Let's get this one thing yeah. straightened out. No yeah. condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you're not condemned. Okay, let's right. build on that. Yes. Let's build on that. Right. You're, and then he goes on to say, you can call upon the Father. Uh, in fact, call him. He's your daddy, Abba Father. And the Spirit will testify to you that you are sealed in his Holy Spirit. There's your helmet of salvation. Mm. And we might talk about that someday, that whole body armor that we put on. That Absolutely. God gave us ability mm. to stand in this evil day. But you have a position now. You have access to the throne. You are loved with an unending love. And so, therefore, you go ahead and go forward now. Right. Things can be different. Yeah. And so we recognize our own frailties, you know, and God helps us with his help. We can then be more conformed to his image rather than the world. So let me ask you a question now. We all struggle with self-control. Every one of us. Every one of us. I I have a temper. I can be penny wise and a dollar foolish. I can let certain things slip in my life where I shouldn't. Take the easy way instead of the hard way. Eating dessert first rather than, you know, your healthy things. How do you exercise and gain self-control? Uh, it's by God's grace and help. I love what well, you write in Romans, and so I'm just going to go forward with that yeah. because I had this in my notes today too. Mm. Therefore, in Romans 12:1, he basically is going to tell you then to make your body that living sacrifice. God appreciates, he says, it's better to obey than to sacrifice, but he says, your body can be that sacrifice, and let's obey, and I'm going to give you the ability to do so. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is is your spiritual act of worship. Here's the part that I like. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Don't be conformed to the world. I, to me, excellent point. That's the one thing. Is like because the world, they're selfish, they're harsh, they just jump to conclusions, they're loud, they're not in control by a, a lot of times, and it's very evident. You can see that. He says, don't be like them and transform your mind. It's a mind change, it's a heart change, and God can help you with that. And we be use, transformed. We use excuses too, Al. Well, I have a temper. My wife. I'm Italian. Italians have no, 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 no. We all have tempers. I don't care. What, Are you an Italian? Right. Well, my wife is. Yeah, okay. Right? And she's always blaming it on her Italian heritage. And I'm like, honey, no. Right? (laughs) We all have a temper. And if we can see 
that the moment we become angry, we become emotional and irrational. We exercise zero self-control. Oh, we make mistakes. I know myself enough that my anger was an issue. Now, folks, I got to tell you that I haven't totally arrived. However, my wife will testify. I can say this on air, you know, because I'm better than I used to be. Hmm. I'm not who I want to be, but I'm better than I who I used to be. And to God be the glory because yeah. He's I've allowed him to work in my life. And I recognize that and a lot of men have those issues with anger. Not that women don't either, but men in particular, I think, have real problems with anger. And yet, deep down, we want to control that. You know, it's like, I'm thinking in sports, you know, for the athlete that can't control his anger, he hurts the whole team. They get yeah. penalized. They, you know, there's that unsportsmanlike conduct. There's the flag that goes up. There's the penalty. Now you're playing shorthanded. And so, for an athlete, we begin to say, like, okay, well, you have to. If you're going to be on this team, you got to control your anger. you got to have that under control. Well, I can share with you, too, Al. Some of the residents we get here are from prison, and this is according to them. In prison, you know, you don't allow anybody to punk you out because then you become a target and you become a victim in prison. So they're used to being angry and responding in violence every single time. And then when they come here, they have to learn and be taught that that is not acceptable here. And you don't have to live in that kind of fear here. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have to break people of those habits through gentleness, through love, through kindness, but show them that, you know, the self-control is what we need to change as well. Wouldn't you say not just grace, but self-control as well? Well, and then when we become a child of God, we get that fruit of the holy, holy, holy Spirit in that package deal. This is kind of exciting because you are then given a new ability that you didn't have otherwise necessarily, an ability to have self-control. That's the demonstration of the Spirit living inside of you. You have that ability to control that, not your ability, but it's God's ability bestowed upon you. I think that's the way I see it. I agree with you. When you begin to see, because of God giving you that strength and your obedience to being under self-control, Al, you start to see victory in your life. Mm -hmm. That is encouraging. Let's talk about Paul when he makes this statement, because I can so identify with Paul. You know, we all have sins in our lives that we struggle with, Al. And so Paul made this statement, and I love it. In 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it says, No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Again, he's referring to the struggle, the war, him using self-control and discipline. Putting things under control. I like what he's saying. It's like it's like an airplane, and you're the pilot. You have the choice to control it, the plane, to keep it straight, on path, on the right path, and the other side where you can, it can crash. And it's a challenge. Self-control is the hard one. Morgana, you just mentioned that uh, flying an airplane kind of mirrors having self-control because you as a pilot can kind of keep that thing flying right. Or if you get distracted, what happens? You get you can get off path. And that's the thing is that we want to stay on the right path to God and not on the wrong path. Um, well, yeah, that's another form of self-control, too, is not allowing yourself to be distracted by temptation, by sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See if you relate to this, you guys. I'll get, let you guys relate spawn but so we have these like invisible buttons and being around someone you kind of learn them pretty quickly and so how would you respond to that um i know i push my moms a lot (laughs) okay so and how do you feel when that happens i mean it's not fun to get into an argument especially with one of your parents. Well, that's being honest, but like you understand those buttons. Mm -hmm. In the same regard, how would you respond, Seth? Can you see people's buttons? Well, why would you push someone's buttons if not just to simply cause them harm? And I think that that's part of self-control too and and humility is you hurt me, so I'm going to get you back. 
And so when we have that vengeful mindset, there is no self-control. Now, self-control would require me to not push those buttons. So are you to say there's a spiritual switch in a sense that when someone begins to push our buttons or we sense ourselves beginning to push someone's buttons, you can throw a switch and stop that <laughs> or, or, or slow it down a little bit maybe? Yeah, I, th- I think if you can pray and ask God to give you that sensitivity, that discernment of, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this. This is just going to end badly. You know, why am I doing this? Why am I pushing this person? And that buttons? whole thought process can happen pretty fast. Oh, yeah. In a matter of, in, in I mean, an you're instant. explaining it, but it's like in an instant, you're almost right. like, whoa, and that what you were just describing. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. No, you're fine, Al. And I think the self-control is the ability to stop. And Throw say, that switch. Right. And say, ah, okay, I don't want to do this. I don't need to do this. Like there are times when my wife and I will just have a really rough day and I'll have a rough day at work. She'll have a rough day at home. And then we get together and one of us will start to say something and the other one will be like, okay, whoa, whoa, stop. You know, I love you. I'm not going to go down this road because I don't want this with you. I want better with you. So making that choice of having self-control so that you don't try to compete with someone who's supposed to be your partner right. uh, goes a long way. Well, that's the thing. We, we get to know those individuals so much that when we're having a hard time, we can make the mistake and push that button. We don't mean to sometimes. We don't want to. We don't feel good when it happens. Yet, invariably, we sometimes still do that. We want to avoid that. And so here, yeah. with the fruit of the Spirit, it says, you have that ability. Here's what I've given you. Now let's practice it. And so, Lord, help me. What's the one that we looked up a verse or we alluded to it that is like, don't let the sun go down on your anger. That's good counsel. So just don't go to bed angry at someone because it's just going to eat at your soul and you're going to wake up and you're in the same place. I don't have a total answer to that, but we've even said this like within our family, you know, it's like, I don't like what you did. I'm very angry about, but I still love you. Yeah. You know, let's just get that straight. I still love you, but I don't like what went on. And, you know, and then having walked away from it, maybe we'll talk about this later. Let let me bring up this point too, Al. And I'd love you to speak to this because we love to put blame on things so that we don't have to have self-control. We can say, well, it's not my fault. I can't control it. Like calling alcoholism a disease or addiction a disease. Blame. Or my dad was abusive. That's why I'm abusive because I don't know any better. But let's be honest. When we sin, we're making a choice to sin. We cannot say the devil made me do it. We can't put the blame on other people if it's us making the choice. So when we give into these things, we're not exercising Mm self-control. We're doing the opposite. We have to, at some point in our lives, especially if we want to change and grow, trust in the Lord that he's going to give us the strength to say no. Because he always, what? He gives us a way of escape, does he not, Al? He does, yeah. We talked about that a little bit earlier. So in James, he says, there's a process that goes on. He mentions this, and he says, for this very reason, to demonstrate the precious promises and the divine power that God has bestowed upon us and the love that he has for us, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. To goodness, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. To brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a process. He says, okay, I guess it could be said that we haven't arrived yet and we have room for improvement in the area of self-control. So he's endeavor, though, to improve on that. I mean, yeah. I think it's clear he's saying that and to build on that and that there is room for improvement and it can be improved. And in doing so, you're not going to be that ineffective and unproductive. In fact, you're going to be more effective and more productive when you 
would begin to get that self-control in, yeah. in place. Yeah, it's like sanctification. It's an ongoing thing. Yes. I remember in, uh, in James 3, he tells us, man, if, if we could get our tongue under control, hmm. our whole being would be perfect. Yeah, James actually goes on to say that. He says, like, be quick to listen and slow to speak. So there's another tool in your toolbox. Uh, as A far means as of trying to get that under control. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, to, instead of just saying, like, wanting to respond to everything, it's like, shh, just be quiet for a moment quick to listen. Listen, listen to what they have to say. Maybe they got something good to say. Amen. And you know, maybe there is something of value here. Well, also, also how hard is it sometimes to not spread gossip or rumors or to keep that juicy secret that you're just dying to tell somebody? That's a lack of self-control as well. Mm -hmm. When you're rushing out to tell somebody a secret they asked you not to tell because they're trusting you. (laughs) And, And what's really harmful in that, Al, is let's say I come to you, Al, and I'm hurting, I'm weeping, and I'm, maybe I'm almost suicidal. Maybe I'm depressed and I need counsel and I come to you, Alan, and you open yourself up to me and I share what I'm going through. And then you run out and you tell somebody and that person tells somebody. You violate that The trust. betrayal yeah. and the harm you cause because you can't keep your mouth shut. Mm. You got to let everybody know that you know something. And that's why, you know, James was saying, man, if we could get our tongues under control, we'd have perfect bodies. But, you know, and sometimes there's something that the Lord, it occurs to me that he just shares special with you and you don't necessarily need to tell everyone about it. You know, I love that verse when Mary, she's told she's going to be the mother of Jesus and all this fantastic stuff that is going on. And she says, wow. And she just treasured it in her heart. I love that. She didn't have to go like, I'm going to tell everyone I can't believe. She just treasured it in her heart. That's so special. Sometimes I just want, God does something special with me and I just want to tell everybody. And I'm like, no, wait, I don't want to. I mean, I love to boast on the Lord and there's certainly a place for that. But there's sometimes he just does something special with you. Just hold on to that. Practice some self-control and just treasure it in your heart. Imagine being Paul or John and being told something and then being said, now you can't tell anybody. from God. Imagine that. There's a reason God doesn't tell me. And Pastor Barry says the same thing because my mouth is too big. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. here's Seth, here's a secret. Now don't tell anybody. But it's getting smaller, you know, so yeah. he's working. He's working on us, definitely. Amen. Wait, did you just agree that I had a big mouth, Al? No, it's sm- gotten smaller, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> no, but it's true, though, that self-control affects all aspects of our life. If we are loose with self-control with our spending, we become poor. If we're loose with our self-control, with our mouths, we lose friends. If we are loose with food, we gain weight. There's a reason God says to have self-control. If we're someone who can't wait till marriage to have sex, well, then there's all kinds of problems that can come with that too. So self-control is very much for our personal benefit as it is for the benefit of others. God's saying, don't do these things. I know you may desire them, but I I love you and I want you to avoid these things. Stay away from these things. And again, Jesus demonstrated all this fruit I mean, he had the self-control when they tried to trap him. And I was just listening on the way coming over that they were like, well, what about paying taxes? And he would just, they tried to trap him because either way, whatever, however he responded, they were just like, yeah, we got him here. They didn't like him teaching the truth and they didn't understand at the time. But anyway, so he said, give me a coin. And so they looked at the coin and whose face is on it? And they go, well, Caesar. Mm-hmm. In fact, the matter is they had compromised what they believed in because they were using their, the Roman money, you know? So, that, I mean, they were using it. And and so here are the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He said, who's on it? Caesar. He said, well, 
give to Caesar what's Caesar's, render unto God what is God's. Right, right. And so he had so much self-control. I mean, he was every bit human, but without sin. Imagine the self-control, Al, he had dying on the cross when he told God, forgive them for they know not what they do. He didn't have to do that. The Bible says he, he went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. Mm. That is, beyond the cross, yeah. there's this joyful relationship with you, dear listener, you, Seth, you, Morgana, you, Al, mm. that I did it for you to cover your sins, the perfect sacrifices. So, Amen. yeah, that is... There were legions of angels standing oh, by. Just say the word, yeah. yeah. And Jesus chose to exercise self-control because of his love for us and for the joy, like you said, Al, that was going to be on the other side of it. In Second Timothy, early in the book, uh, chapter 1, Paul is reminding Timothy of it, this great gift that he has. And for this reason, he wants to remind, 1-6, for this reason, I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. He has a gift of being a pastor, teacher. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline that could be interpreted as self-control. That's what he's given us. Mm -hmm. Power, self-control, love, and a boldness, too. So he's given it to us. Are you saying, Al, that we are without excuse? (laughs) Honestly, that God gives it to us freely, does he not? He does. And it's our choice to exercise it or not to exercise it. Okay, so let's push this through the airwaves. We just pray that you would have that extra measure of self-control today, starting today, even now. Mm. And you'd know it was a touch from the Heavenly Father because He loves you. He's given you this fruit package. Included in it is the self-control. Yes, we do pray that you'd recognize those buttons and you'd turn the switch that it would be off. You would Mm. not be affected in the same way from this day forth and even forevermore. So yes, activate that self-control, that self-regulation, and to God be the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Well, folks, Folks, I want to thank you for tuning in again today. And this brings an end, Al, to our discussion on the fruit of the Spirit. Kind of like saying goodbye to an old friend, but it is. It doesn't, it is. Le- he never leaves us or forsakes us. Oh, no, no, no. But we have so many more interesting topics coming up over the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Yeah, definitely. Very excited to share them with you folks. We just want to lift you up, pray for you, and let you know that God loves you. Jesus is ready for you, ready to save at a moment's notice. They can be part of the great ministry that's going on here to God be the glory, right? They can. If Our they listeners can participate. We are listener supported. We are. And if they go to www.sheltersbyjesus.com, there is a donate page there where they could choose to either donate a financial gift, one-time gift now, or they can do a monthly reoccurring gift, which goes 100% to the shelter. How much does it cost to keep one person off the street, fed, clothed, and spiritually nourished? $9. Wow. That's it. And if people are looking to find out more about us or ways of helping us out, they can go there and find it out. If they'd like to learn more about the podcast, they can go to sbjradio.com. We have information there and our archived episodes as well. If you'd like to give us a phone call, you can do so at 207-474-8833, or you could write us a letter at 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 04976. Al, it's really good to see you again, sir. It's been great. Look forward to the future episodes, and Morgana, it's been great to have you. Thank you for listening, folks, and God bless you. Amen. Bye-bye.